Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Rebel hearts everywhere today, just filled with absolute joy on the shocking return of Johnny Gargano to WWE last night live at Toronto. And I don't mean that it was it was shocking in the fact that he's back with WWE. I just mean it was shocking in the way that it happened. Not a sniff, not a report, not a whisper, not an inkling, any other adjective you can figure out to describe how out of the blue that completely was. Hour number three last night, we come out of commercial break, boom, no introduction, no fanfare, no nothing. Rebel Heart just plays, the crowd is confused for a half a second, and then I was so happy for Johnny last night when that crowd in Toronto lost their minds and gave him the ovation that he truly, truly deserved. That's always something that you have to question when an NXT superstar comes up to the main roster. They knew who Johnny Gargano was last night. Everything about that just worked. It is really hard nowadays to honestly surprise wrestling audiences and keep things out of the papers or the dirt sheets papers what is this 1997 keep things off of the internet these days well done by everybody last night everybody last night such a great moment to see johnny back and to get that reaction it was just the the cherry on top of the sunday sp3 uh the, the canada the canadian crowds feel like the canadian crowds again it was a tremendous crowd in montreal for smackdown last friday and that reception that they gave Sami Zayn. uh the toronto crowd was amazing uh you know last night whether it was the ovation that kevin owens got for accepting chad gable's challenge or the reaction that edge got in the main event but definitely uh it, it was very a very proud moment for any fan of the black and gold era of nxt and the fact that for the past nearly a year we've been uh bashed over the head from the old regime uh trying to tell us that the black and gold nxt never existed and not only did that crowd respond to johnny gargano a guy that it was as synonymous with the black and gold era of nxt than anyone else we got a segment with him and theory it wasn't just the moment of him coming out and getting the ovation it was the fact that they put him into an immediate feud that is very interesting and plays off of stuff from nxt black and gold era so it was a thumbs up uh home run type of debut i would say it was the best debut that uh the triple h era has given i thought carrying cross introduction reintroduction was very well done but this one was just even better just how out of the blue out of nowhere no reports online beforehand it was just yeah. a complete surprise no build-up no suspense before it just hit his music and it was kind of like wait that's rebel heart Wait, that's Rebel Heart. And that's then exactly what I did. I'm like, song? oh my god, you know, you see the heart, the winky face, and everything like that. That was my exact reaction. It was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Like, I had just taken a sip of coffee, and luckily I had swallowed it. Otherwise, it might have I might have spit it out in true like cartoon-esque fashion uh last night. It really kind of remind it. I felt the same way when Johnny's music hit last night as I did when Dakota Kai's music hit at SummerSlam, right? It was so out of the blue. There were no reports about it. There were no nothing, no inkling. The only thing that, you know, made SummerSlam even better was EO Shirai, like immediate, or excuse me, EO Sky, old habits die hard, came out right after that. And you you talk about this being the best debut. I honestly think of all the re-debuts, of all the people that have been brought back, I think they've all been done very well uh, from Dakota and EO to Carrion to Dexter Loomis to, to now Johnny Gargano. I feel like there's somebody else I'm forgetting because they've all. Exactly. Because it's, it was forgettable hit row. That's why I oh, said not yeah, all yeah. of them have been great. Not all of them have been great. Some of them have been like, eh, do I really, am I really going to remember that a week? And 
you case in point didn't remember it because it wasn't that good it yeah, was, but it, we've you, also you, you said you said the words you said the words and then as soon as you said it you immediately made yourself <laughs> to be fair words. we have established on this program before my memory is dog shit uh before we no, get- <laughs> i i am i am saying i'm being fair to your memory this wasn't worth remembering uh, fair enough <laughs> Totally fair enough. Before we get any further, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. They continue to be the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting to props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts and SP3. First off, thank you guys, everybody who has joined in the chat so far. Uh, everybody uh, loving uh, the return of, of Johnny Gargano last night. Even people who uh, aren't big fans. ALW saying, look, I'm not a huge Gargano guy, but WWE did well uh, with his uh, his reintroduction and, and welcome back and hopes that uh, he does well. Appreciate everybody who is uh, joining in in the chat. Del and James saying, give me Johnny versus Theory at Clash at the Castle. This is what I hoped they would do. This is exactly what I hoped they would do if Johnny Gargano was going to come back because it just made too much sense not to do it with as heavily pushed as Theory has been. I know there are people of the mainstream audience who don't watch NXT, probably don't know the history between Johnny and and Austin Theory, but that is exactly what video packages and promos like Johnny Gargano delivered last night are for. How many people who have floundered from NXT or flat out WWE flat out failed by not doing something like they did with Johnny last night? It was so simple. It was so simple. Hey, I'm Johnny Gargano. Thanks to you guys who remember me. For those of you who don't, here's why you should give a crap. And it was a simple, effective thing. And then boom, here comes Austin Theory. He's like, hey. We got history. We used to be in the same group, but I've now surpassed you, right? I've already accomplished everything that you came back to accomplish. And that was such the simple, easy story to go to. And everybody's sitting here talking about Johnny should take the briefcase. Johnny should take the briefcase, which is something I we've talked about on this show. If he had come back, that's something that we talked about. I don't know if Johnny's going to take the briefcase. Uh, I think if he's going to win the WWE Championship one day, I think it's going to be a a slow uphill climb like everything in Johnny's career has been. And I think that's the story. He plays that ultimate underdog role very, very well. Um, but I love the promo exchange. I thought it was a great introduction uh, to the main audience. And I think it's great that that Johnny is back. And it's pretty clear that he's going to be put in a prominent role uh, moving forward. The uh, The only issue that I think that SP3 is going to have with this is the fact that it's the rich get richer, right? We've talked about this Monday Night Raw getting another superstar. Man, I heard people on social media saying, "Oh, I hope I hope my favorite wrestler stays on Raw now." Like, come, could, could SmackDown get anything? Could, Sm- could SmackDown get a smidge of food? Can I get some food, <laughs> Mister 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 Ebenezer Triple H? Can we get please, some sir, food, like please, 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 sir? Can I get some little bit of something? No, no. And he's like, he's like, here's your hit row. Here's all your. <laughs> Here's your hey, Gary Cross is gonna be good, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I totally want to say like you you got all the work rate guys on one brand. You got you got Kevin Owens, you got Seth Rollins, and now you got Johnny Gargano on one brand with AJ Styles and Choppa. And it's just like, God damn, can can SmackDown <laughs> get a little bit? Can SmackDown get, get a taste? Please can I get can I, can I get a taste? Can I get a little bit of the taste? Um, but uh no, no, I, I I love I love that he is set up to you know feud with theory. I think this is a nice little transition for theory. The only person who I would feel bad for in this situation is Dolph Ziggler, because yeah. you would have thought that the whole Dolph Ziggler uh theory program was gonna go a little bit longer, but I guess like you know, 
Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels got on their phone. We heard the reports from, from Sean Rossap and Fightful Select that Shawn Michaels got on the phone. He was given the job to call up Johnny Gargano, getting him to come back, and his calling worked. So who's next for Sean to call? Is Sean gonna work on you know Sasha and Naomi next? Is he gonna work on uh uh Breezango next? Who's who's Sean gonna call up to to come on back? Emma. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah, that was the like that was somebody who I expected to show up uh, last night because they're uh, she Emma's now a free agent. Uh, Tennille Dashwood, for those of you who follow her in uh, in Impact Wrestling, she's now a free agent. Uh, but that might be who SmackDown gets next because she is in a relationship with Mad Cat Moss. For those of you who don't follow on social media, so they typically like to keep the couples together. SmackDown is the brand that needs an, a new infusion. Uh, just a little bit of help. If, if 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 anybody's roster is going to be added as far as the depth is concerned, right? I think SmackDown is the one that desperately needs it. Um, I think they could use another top level babyface, especially in the women's division. I think eventually we're going to get that with Sasha Banks and Naomi. But I think Emma would be a fantastic addition. I, I mean, I find I find it hilarious that the the woman that we all thought was turning heel at SummerSlam has become the top babyface on SmackDown. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's been getting hell ridiculous reactions the the past few weeks since they quote unquote healed her. her. She's been the hottest babyface of the women's division. Which it's goes crazy. To show you, which goes to show you that WWE's philosophy of putting baby faces in a bubble right baby faces are only allowed to do certain things it is so outdated it is it's you don't have to do that you see that under understands that though with uh how he booked kevin owens last night he knew kevin owens was going to get a baby face reaction in toronto and he placed them against a heel who just cut a whole promo about how toronto maple leafs are not good at hockey so he got all the heat to transfer to get ko an even bigger reaction when he came out and accepted the challenge and i like this kevin owens is like the shades of gray type of character and the fact that roman Reigns has acknowledged him, acknowledge, acknowledged him on uh, SmackDown this past week. We might get what we've been wishing for. We've been saying it for months. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. That was the first hint that we got it on SmackDown. And then we've seen that Kevin Owens is not in the box of being the heel Kevin Owens. He's just, he is going back to his former presentation as the prize fighter, but more of a shades of gray type of prize fighter who's just out to get all the titles, regardless of face or heel. Yes, and we'll talk about KO. We'll talk about Sammy coming up here uh, in the five count because the reactions for both of those guys outside of of Johnny Gargano returning was honestly my favorite thing of the entire weekend in in professional wrestling from SmackDown uh, to Monday Night Raw last night. Sammy Zayn's reaction, like in Montreal, damn near brought tears to my eyes because I'm sitting here and I'm going. This dude deserves his flowers for the work that he has done over the last two plus years. This guy is somebody who could be a top level baby face in WWE if just given the opportunity. And I know it's his hometown crowd, but the roof exploded for him like borderline Triple H Madison Square Garden level exploded for him. And he soaked in every minute of it and they wanted him so damn badly right they wanted him so badly to win that match and get the shot at gunther at the intercontinental title uh at at clash of the castle and i understand why he didn't win it just like i understand why damian priest didn't win in the main event last night but i can't help but thinking that the right choices for both of those matches would have been to have damian priest win and to have uh sammy Zayn win but for completely different reasons completely different I don't think Damian Priest needed to win. He needs to win at the end of the feud. This is not the end of the feud. This was this was kind of like the middle chapter. We got to the middle of this story. Uh, you know, after the big twist of Damian and Finn and Rhea turning on Edge, this is like really the first matchup they had with each other. Edge just returned at SummerSlam. He needed this win here in Toronto more than Damian did. Damian just needs to win at the end of the feud whether 
that's at Clash of the Castle and what looks like it's going to be a mixed tag match or whatever they do there. If you, if they get the win there, I don't think this this loss here that it's like the wrong or right choice. I, I and that's that ultimately at the end of the day is is why I was okay with it. Plus, you know, it's like WWE, you know, they're tearing me here because I, I would have liked to have seen Damien get that big win. But also, you got the hometown kid and, and Edge. Let him win a, a kid. I like talking about he's 46 years old, but you got the hometown guy, right? Let him win in front of his hometown fans, which is why I wanted Sami Zayn to win on SmackDown. I was like, oh, that would have been great. But at the same time, we're getting Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at Clash. I get that. And maybe this does kind of still open up an avenue to where we'll get KO and Sammy down the line. We will talk about that coming up. But we brought up Edge. Really strong main event last night. Just Damian Priest being in that spot was the win for him last night. And I thought he delivered some of those those spinning back kicks that he hit were just absolutely glorious. Uh, Him pulling out the smoothest kill switch that I've ever seen in my life. Turns out that move is so much easier to do if you're like, eight foot 12, uh, like Damian priest is, uh, just pulled it off flawlessly. And then edge pulling out the Canadian destroyer for, for F sake, uh, and then hitting the spear, uh, for the win before, uh, the judgment day came down. And then we get the standoff with Beth Phoenix holding up the chair, coming out there and fighting for her man. So it looks like she's going to get involved with this and maybe we'll get Rhea versus, uh, Beth Phoenix at some point. We'll talk about that coming up. But it was afterwards that drew the headlines after the show went off the air last night. Edge addressing the uh, crowd there in Toronto kind of started the clock on his retirement a little bit. If you believe Edge, again, he's constantly working. He's one of those superstars, but says, hey, look, typically we come back here in August. And, uh, you know, if if he had it his way, he'll have his final match there uh, in Toronto about this time uh, next year. You're uh, are you are you buying that? Are you buying that? Maybe we got less than 12 months of edge left uh, here uh, in his uh, pro wrestling career. I'm buying that he probably wants to, uh, you know, have his final match in Toronto. I'm buying that he probably thinks that he has one more year, but I wouldn't be surprised. But it's how we get to August. We hear he re-signed with the WWE because, uh, yeah, that's what I also think. What Chase just put in the chat, I think uh, I wouldn't mind SummerSlam in Toronto and in one of their, you know, bigger arena, bigger stadiums. They could do something something like that and then the next night he can have one final matchup and have that be against Damian Priest one year later and Damian Priest gets the pin edge on his way out that that would be great so uh yeah I mean I I I'm I'm buying that edge believes he has a you know a year or so left in his career am I buying that he will retire in a year no I'm buying he thinks he will retire next year I, I, you know, you look at everything that edge has done since he came back and it sucks that about what, seven months of his comeback was, was chunked out because he had to have uh, triceps uh, surgery after the greatest wrestling match of all time or ever, whatever the hell it was booked. Um, and it wasn't even the best wrestling match of that year voted by the own, its own company. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he spent so much time with Randy Orton. He spent a lot of time with, with Seth Rollins, and now he's spending a lot of time mixing it up with the judgment day. And we're not done yet. There, there are still things that I want to see him do. Like I would, I, and maybe, maybe I'll get the eye roll here because he is 46 and, you know, there are so many other people. I still would love to see him get one more run as a world champion, whether that's WWE or universal champion. And I don't want that man to retire or the other man I'm about to bring up here retire until we get one more tag match. I think it is borderline criminal that both Edge and Christian are active wrestlers again. And there's a chance they're not going to team with each other. Not one final time, not one more damn time. I don't care who the opponent is. Just give me one more edge and christian match and i know that's only going to happen in one place it's only going to happen in wwe because i don't see edge signing with aew out of loyalty to have one more match with christian so it's going to have to be whenever christian's contract is up with aew and then he decides to come back to wwe whether it be for one more run or one more match so 
a lot of red tape to clear up there, but I don't selfishly. I don't want edge to retire because I want that one more edge and Christian match, which is why selfishly I was a little disappointed that Christian signed with AEW in the first place, even though I don't fault him for doing that one iota one iota. I don't fault him for doing that at all. I'm totally good as one of the biggest edge and Christian fans. Like I was the edge and Christian fan when everybody else in my school were Dudley's and Hardy's fans. I was doing the five second pose in the middle of geography class. Um, so yeah, I, I am a huge edge and Christian fan. I'm totally fine with them never having a match again, because honestly, Edge looked great, and that was one of Edge's best matches since his return. And Christian is doing the best heel work uh, possibly of his career in AEW. So both are doing great. Both are doing fine. I'm totally fine with them never having another tag match again because the only tag match I want to see them against is against one guy who hasn't seemed like he's doing the best work of his career and another guy who is probably going through 12 steps so that's the only match yeah. that i, I want to see if they're going to team up again and right now it doesn't seem feasible or if if not that i can name i probably can go through five or six aew tag teams before i get to one wwe one because i'm sorry edge and christian versus the usos doesn't really tickle my fancy as much as edge and christian versus the young bucks edge and christian versus the lucha bros edge and christian versus santana and ortiz Man, I'll take Edge and Christian versus Jurassic Express at this point before I get to finally saying Edge and Christian versus the Usos. So I I agree with you. The only place I could see Edge and Christian reuniting is WWE, but I'm just not interested in any of the matchups WWE can offer. Yeah, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, which is why I want to see them back together one more time. And I say I don't care about the opponent, but let's be honest, I, I really do care about the opponent. And that that does raise an interesting question because if you want that match to happen, then it needs to be against the Hardys. But then that raises even more red tape because three out of four of those guys are in another company right now. And one of them should not be focused on wrestling whatsoever for, for quite some time. And like you said, the other one, you know, Matt, Matt's doing okay, but it, it definitely looks like father time is catching up with him just a little bit. Um, nothing wrong with that. It happens to everybody unless your name is Bobby Lashley or Trish Stratus, for that matter, who looked just as good as she did in 1998, 99, 2000, 2001. Whew. God bless yoga pants. Anyway, so um, I, I would I would say and a lot could change by the time that could happen. I'd say a match that would intrigue me would be like. Edge and Christian versus the Street Profits. I think that could be a lot of fun. I just don't know how the story works. I, I just don't know how how you mix those guys together. New that, doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't interest me. I'm sorry. Street Profits is a great team, but them versus the Edge and Christian, I'd be more I'd be more excited to hear them talk against each other than wrestle. And that is also very very fair. I uh, appreciate everybody who is joining us so far. Continue to get uh, your comments in the chat. We'll try to get uh, as much as possible. Frantic World saying Edge and Christian versus Top Flight. Uh, that might be another one SB3 is is on board with. Um, Romeo saying I don't need to see E and C versus the Hardys. No thanks. We'll see. Again, a lot can change and you know we, we still need to get Christian over in the other company before anything could happen there. But continue to get uh, your comments in. Uh, questions in. If there's something else you guys like to talk about, feel free to throw that up there as well. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button there, guys. And also, if you're new, make sure to hammer the subscribe button. Really, really helps drive our audience. Uh, can't appreciate, uh, can't express our appreciation enough. By the way, once we're done here, I did drop a conversation with Damian Priest from uh, SummerSlam weekend. Uh, that is up now in its entirety. Please make sure to check that out. Give that the thumbs up as well uh, as soon as we are done. We got a lot of big questions coming out of last night, so let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. With no disrespect to anybody else who has come back, I would say the biggest fish of the free agents that have found their way back home in WWE, at least on the men's side of things, would be Johnny Gargano and Karrion Cross. Both are clearly being set up uh, for uh, 
I guess you could call it a major push, but it definitely seems, I, I would say the safe thing to say would be they are going to be integral parts of Raw and SmackDown moving forward now that they are back. So, SP3, I will ask this. Which returning superstar is going to have a bigger long-term impact in WWE, Johnny Gargano or Karrion? Johnny Gargano. Next question. I'm sorry, like uh, I am I am probably a bigger Karrion Cross fan than most. I think that his character uh is great. I think he can be a great talker under the right presentation. Like case in point, I did not like the smoky room that he cut his promo and then did the whole glance as as Drew McIntyre was going out to the crowd two weeks ago. But I absolutely loved the vignette with the black and white that they did on last week's SmackDown. So yeah, under the right great. presentation, he feels like a main event star that should be a slam dunk under the WWE. But I'm sorry. In the Triple H WWE, the guy who's going to have a bigger long-term impact is Johnny Gargano. We know Triple H values Johnny Gargano, and we know Johnny Gargano can come through and cash in on that. All we have is a small sample size of what Triple H can do with Karrion Cross, and that honestly did not have a long shelf life in NXT before Adam Cole cut that promo and completely tore carrying across the shreds. So all we have is basically what? six seven months of what triple h presented carrying cross as in comparison to what six years of of what he did with johnny gargano and made him into the biggest babyface a mount rushmore black and gold nxt performer it's easily johnny gargano and it's not even funny how much this is a 10-8 round in my opinion <laughs> uh romeo saying uh looks like they got a long-term plan for gargano uh us ic title then wwe title cross will get a shot uh to the top but probably won't win i disagree with that i do think Karrion cross is going to win a world championship and he probably will win it before johnny gargano does because again i think with johnny it is definitely a a long-term build he's talking about winning ic and united states championships Karrion Cross is being has been brought back to to win one of those world titles, and I think sooner rather than later. I think this is a guy who's going to get a hot shot to the top. I am probably a bigger Karrion Cross than I than even you are uh, at this point. I will say, I my answer is going to be Johnny Gargano, even though I think it's a little bit closer than what you're saying, but not much because we know Johnny Gargano can be a top level babyface, and we know people are going to love him. They're going to gravitate toward him. They are going to want to root for him in the best way possible. And again, he's, he's definitely got that, that work rate. I don't know if Karrion cross, I think he's a great heel. I don't know what Karrion cross can do as a, as a baby face. And if that'll translate to the WWE universe. So for that sake alone, I'm going to say Johnny Gargano, but I do think both of these guys are going to be major players. And I definitely think they add a lot uh, to their respective brands. One guy we can say has returned, even though he technically didn't go anywhere and is arguably coming off of the biggest match of his entire career at WrestleMania. But Kevin Owens is back. The prize fighter is back. The duct tape shirt, the Titan Tron, the presentation, the pop-up powerbomb finish. We got KO. He is there. And like you said, SP3, it's amazing what, what a difference a week can make because it's like, Sami Zayn does that whole angle with, with Jimmy and Jay, and we're like, oh, maybe he could reunite with KO, and maybe, without even, like, any evidence whatsoever, we're talking about, well, maybe Sami's the guy who could take the tag team titles off of the Usos, because it seemed like there's some kind of conflict brewing between them, and then all of a sudden we get Kevin Owens, who just decimates Ezekiel, and we're like, oh, okay, so he's a heel, so that ain't going to work. But then Sammy gets that big baby face reaction. He starts talking about Kevin Owens with Roman Reigns. And then KO's talking about winning championships and winning the tag team titles. And he definitely seems like more of a tweener, kind of a baby face role here. So it's like all of a sudden, my confidence, which was shot just a week ago, at this time, I'm like, oh, damn, we might actually be getting this. Like this, this makes too much sense. And now there's evidence that they are leaning towards KO and Sami Zayn reuniting and ultimately taking the tag team titles off of the Usos. And you alluded to it earlier. 
you, you're kind of in that same boat with me that, that that competence is growing by the week here. Yeah, um, I was at maybe let's say 10 percent. I'm now at a good 40, 45 percent uh, that that this reunion can happen and possibly will happen. The and really it, it wasn't even the reaction for Sami Zayn. It wasn't even the reaction for Kevin Owens. It was Roman Reigns mentioning Kevin Owens to Sami Zayn in that backstage uh, segment and the absolute poppable electric chemistry between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Like that was magical. That was one of the best nuance. That's the best segment Roman Reigns has done as the tribal chief since back during the Jay Uso rivalry. Like that, that gave you the nuance that really made him the most must-see character in WWE was his interaction with Sami Zayn. And that's why I was like, yes, give me more of this. Give me more of Sami trying to prove himself to Kevin Owens, to uh, to Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens kind of being the the person on his shoulder to be like, hey, yeah, let me let me uh let me tell you like this is I'm your real friend here and let's take these tag team titles. So yeah, I I am more confident than ever that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will reunite and they are the the slam dunk hit to take the titles from the Usos. I don't often agree with Romeo, but this would be a tag team match that would intrigue me. I don't know if that brings if that's if that does anything for USP3, but Edge and Christian, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that I can get behind. Yeah, that that's one, but I'm sorry, Young Bucks still ahead of them. Uh <laughs> Lucha Bros still ahead of them. But we still have to get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I see a bunch of people saying Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, DIY. Y'all are all saying tag teams that aren't even together. Like, let's talk about teams that are actually together than currently there instead of our fantasy booking. How about the the Viking Raiders? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, it does look like we're getting Sarah Logan back. Uh, At least, well, she's back in some way, shape, or form because that was totally her in that Viking funeral thing that they did on Friday. Uh, We'll see if she actually gets back into a ring. I long said that's how they split up the riot squad it made total sense to put her in with the viking raiders so we'll see if that uh, actually comes to fruition uh frantic world saying i'm a bit surprised that johnny gargano uh went to wwe because AEW would have given him days off to to be with his family i'm not i've been saying this for months that johnny gargano is going back to wwe it just always seemed like that from the way he got his promo to everything he said since then and even with the report from fightful following his return last night it said that people in aew kind of never thought he was coming to that company so they were in line but what we were all thinking it kind of always seemed like gargano was going back to wwe and you know what i love about this is they bring him back two days before AEW is in Cleveland, which means we can stop. We can stop with the, oh, my God, so-and-so company's in Cleveland. Johnny's coming back, baby! We can totally stop with that. I know it would have made sense to bring Johnny back in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago when WWE was there, but two things. Theory was still out on bereavement, and then, you know, Johnny probably wasn't signed yet at that point probably didn't come doing a deal so uh this probably is something that also came together pretty quickly once uh triple h uh got back in charge and johnny saw some things and was probably promised a few things and that's why he's back in wwe it does not surprise me in the least saw a lot of uh canadian love last night on on monday night raw we talked about kevin owens um uh, Aaliyah got a one-on-one match with with Bailey last night. I didn't know Aaliyah was from Toronto, but uh, very emotional night for her. So I'm glad that she got that match, even though I'll say that being Bailey's first televised match in God knows how long um, fell a little flat, fell a little anticlimactic. I would have rather they just kept her out of the ring on television until, you know, Clash at the Castle. I've been a better spot. For that, Aaliyah really could have wrestled anybody last night. She could have wrestled Dana Brooke, could have wrestled Tamina, could have wrestled Nikki HS, ASH, could have wrestled Dewdrop, maybe could have beat somebody. Whatever. Trish Stratus was there last night. She starts talking about 
how she could go from retired to unretired real quick once Bailey was talking smack in the ring, telling her to get the hell out of Toronto, get the hell out of her WWE ring. And I'm sitting here going, okay, I'll, t- I'll take I'll take Trish versus Bailey. Like, let's go. I'll even take an attack team. Like, let's set this up right now. Do it immediately. And then later on in the night, we definitely got that tease that something's going down between Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix. So, SP3, I'll ask you, you get to pick one. Would you rather see Trish Stratus versus Bailey or Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix? Um, I'll take Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix. I am more confident that that can happen than Trish and Bailey. I would love to see Trish and Bailey, but you know, Trish had a great match with Charlotte Flair three years ago, and she's one of the greatest WWE performers of all time. But I just saw Beth Phoenix perform at the Royal Rumble. So I think that she has less ring rust. And this seems like the dream scenario, the dream match for Rhea Ripley. So I would say that even though I don't think we're going to get either of these matchups, I think we're going to get Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Rhea and Damian. Yeah. Um, Cause maybe now, cause that's what I like about judgment day with there being three different people. They can honestly feud with separate entities. They don't, it doesn't always have to be the judgment day collectively versus one group. So maybe Dolph Ziggler's pivot from theory is to go to Finn Balor last night which I loved how they set that match up too. That was, that was very, very simple, a very simple setup, even though like Finn talking about Dolph gravitating toward Young's talent, even though his tag team partner was 46, whatever. I love Dolph sitting here saying, dude, kid, I'm like a year older than you. And then he smacks him. And then he comes back through the curtain and says, are you going to come to the ring? Or are you just going to sit there like a little bitch? Like I cackled when Dolph came back and did that. Probably because I wasn't expecting it, but too, it was objectively hilarious. Uh, Ziggler just poking his head back through and saying, come on, bitch, let's go. Let's, let's get into the ring. Um, so maybe that's the pivot there is they, they continue with Balor and, and, and Dolph, and they can focus on Beth Phoenix, Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I'll say Trish and Bailey because we both get one, which means they're both going to happen. So I'll take Trish and Bailey uh, because that is a match. I honestly, I would love to see Trish versus Bailey. I'd love to see Trish versus uh, uh, Sasha Banks. I'd love to see Trish versus uh, Becky. Like I'd love to see her face all four horsewomen because arguably all four of them are the greatest of their generation. She's the greatest of her generation. I would just love to see again. I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I'm a sucker for dream matches. I'd love to see her wrestle all four to be completely honest with you. Um, not all good news, uh, in the women's division. Uh, it appears that the, 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 the women's tag teams that are being brought up on the main roster are, are, are just cursed, uh, honestly, at this point, uh, because first we had Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark who were supposed to compete in the women's tag team title tournament. Zoe Stark gets hurt. Nikita Lyons can't cross the border. Uh, even though she refutes that it's just a joke. Calm down folks. Uh, they have to be replaced by toxic attraction. Made the tournament better, in my opinion, because that's an actual tag team. Cool. I'm invested in them. They get the win in round one. Makes total sense. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm hopeful they get to the finals. Nope. Reports are Gigi Dolan has a concussion. Now they are removed from the match, and now we are getting a second chance fatal four-way. Everybody who lost so far, with the exception of Alexa Bliss and Asuka, who lost in the semifinals last night, they're the only team that's out now. All the other teams are still in outside of the NXT teams that have been removed for various injuries. Who should win on Saturday or Friday? Whatever day it is there, SP3. Who are you taking? Who you like? Yeah, this this tournament is cursed. This tournament, <laughs> I'm convinced. The this whole tournament. right side of this bracket was hot garbage to begin with. It was always going to be a crapshoot. It was just thrown together hodgepodge. And this is the result that we're getting now. We got we got two concussions and one unvaccinated person. So um who should win Friday's second chance fatal four way? It should be Nikki ASH and Dewdrop. Who is it going to be? I'm fairly certain in my <laughs> and I'm laughing as I say this. It's <laughs> fairly certain it's either gonna be Natalia and Sonia Deville or it's gonna be Dana Brooke 
and Tamina because there is no other reason why Tamina and Dana Brooke, they've been showing them watching this tournament the last two weeks unless they were actually going to do something with them, either coming out of the tournament or give them the second chance here. So that's why I think my I'm leaning more towards Tamina and Dana Brooke because they've been showing them quite often, even though they've been eliminated from this tournament. It should be Nikki SH and Dewdrop. It really, really should. As a matter of fact, they should have been positioned on the right side of the bracket and they should have made it to the finals. But you already have damage control, which is the reported name for Bailey's group. You already have them in the finals. So now you have to put a team that the audience going to be invested in into the finals and the question is do do you have one and any of the five options do you really have one and, and the answer is no um so you have to go with the the baby face team here which i i think well you're gonna get the heel team right i think nikki and Dewdrop to answer the question will win the match but as far as getting to the finals i think this is a moot question because i think it's going to be raquel and Aaliyah that go to the finals anyway um but I, I wish Nikki and Dewdrop would have been positioned better. They're, they're in a circumstance here where they're heels and the finals, they don't want to do heel versus heel, which I totally understand. So Even it's though be- women are natural baby faces. Yes, 100%. So again, maybe that's a slow turn. Maybe there's a slow burn. There's got to be a story with them. But again, Triple H can't do everything all at once. He's doing a hell of a job so far. I think this is tectonic plates shifting. We're getting some character changes. We're getting some reintroductions. We're getting, there's a lot of moving parts here. It's not all going to happen overnight. If I was to grade Triple H, I would give him a solid B plus so far. The returns have hit. We've gotten better television, but my two biggest nitpicks is he still needs to do work on this woman's division and stop going into the Tony Khan trope of brawls every freaking week. When we started the show with a brawl, I was like, is it just me or is he becoming too over-reliant on brawling in supplement to actual storyline development? Because I would have loved some just maybe separate promos from Riddle and uh, Seth Rollins over another brawl after they just brawled last week. It was like, okay, we get it. They really don't like each other, even though Riddle has a reason to not like him. I don't I don't really know about Seth, but hey, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and I agree with Romeo. He is completely torn apart, Liv Morgan. That, and I, I just tried to put it into the the overall, the overarching thing of the women's division because I feel like damage control, they could have done more to kind of explain them as a group. And, you know, without, I feel like they have just been like, oh, we're just going to put all them in the women's tag team division. They're going to win. That's all we need to do with them instead of giving them fleshing the group group out more so that's why i said the overall our overarching whole you know women's division needs work from triple h but those are my two big nitpicks but still overall b plus but yeah and this woman's the the curse that's been going on with this women's tag team tournament has not helped them at all my my biggest nitpick or i guess my biggest complaint because it's a little bit more than a nitpick uh, with, with damage control is so far the formulaic, hey, we're going to go start some shit and then we're going to back away once somebody steps up to us. What is the problem? There's a there's a, there's a fine line between smart heels and chicken shit heels. And Bailey is starting to dance that line more toward the chicken shit side. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, OK, yeah, so she no problem. She'll accept the fight from Aaliyah because Aaliyah's not accomplished anything. But you can't talk shit to somebody like Trish Stratus who hasn't wrestled in three years, even though she has a hell of a resume, and then fade away when you have a three-on-two advantage at that point. Um, that's what I don't like. There's nothing wrong. I like, love it. Like, There's nothing I just wrong want, with booking them as three badass wrestlers, which is what they yeah. are. I would have just liked her to kind of just jump Bianca and Trish. So uh, Asuka and Alexa had a reason to come out yeah. instead of doing like, there's two of us, there's three of you. What are you going to do? And then Trish has time to be like, well, I count one, two. And then they come out like you had like 
at least three minutes to jump them. Get yeah. some offense in. Like show yeah. that you're a, you're a heel force and that you're more than just talking. That's all yes. they've been. And a lot of their talking has been empty words of kind of the let's make let's give them a promo where they have to say control in it so we can get that that word over. Like yeah. it's been very, I agree, formulaic is a good word for how they've been building up this group. They're three badass women, three of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. I will say Dakota Kai. I have loved Dakota Kai's presentation. I've loved the work that she has done. That sell of the DDT last night was spectacular. Um, but yeah, tweaks, little changes, a little bit more story. But again, I agree with you. Solid B plus. I'm I'm excited. I'm happy. Right? Like all of a sudden, Raw and SmackDown have become appointment viewing for me again. Like I'm genuinely excited to watch each show week in and week out. And it doesn't feel like a chore or an obligation anymore because some people pay me money to watch the product and then talk about it. AEW hasn't felt like an obligation for, well, ever, really, to be completely honest. And tomorrow night in Cleveland, no Johnny Gargano. I can guarantee that. But I can also guarantee the fact that we are going to have an AEW World Championship match tomorrow night. CM Punk, John Moxley, the pride of Cincinnati. But could there be a Long Island injection into this whole scenario? Because one of the constant theories, SP3, was that, oh, well, they're doing this match early because MJF is going to come back. MJF is coming back. They're, they're going to bring back MJF, who we haven't seen since he called Tony Khan an effing mark on live television and begged him to be, and begged to be fired. Haven't seen him since. No evidence of that. But that was the running theory. And then we get the report. I believe it was Wrestling Observer. Said MJF is due back relatively soon. And that was our first inkling of actual evidence that this might be the case. So SP3, number five here on the five count to wrap out the show. Preview tomorrow's big AEW Dynamite. Who walks out AEW World Champion? And does MJF return in Cleveland? Who walks out AEW world champion CM Punk and John Moxley? I don't think we're getting the finish tomorrow. <laughs> and I I am gonna go out on her limb and say MJ, MJF should not return tomorrow night. I think they can come up with a way to make this a smallish finish, make this the opening matchup, save the, the trios tournament matchup. Cause you're going to get pack versus Osprey. You could save that for the main event, make this the opening contest, make them go, you know, 20, 30 minutes. However, CM Punk, however long CM Punk can go on a bad wheel, a still recovering wheel and give them the smudge, the smudge finish. And, then do a bigger matchup, whether it's a ladder match with both titles above the ring at, at uh, All Out, even though that wouldn't be good for Punk's foot either, or a steel cage match or a lights out match at All Out to determine the undisputed champion. That's what needs to happen. You save MJF's return for All Out in Chicago. I, I would agree. I don't think we're going to get him in Cleveland. No disrespect, Cleveland. I just don't. You're already getting an AEW world title match. All right. You don't you don't need MJF as well. But then again, they brought back Kenny Omega and freaking, you know, West Virginia. So maybe I'm thinking, you know, too deep into the actual uh, location of, of where Dynamite is. I do think we get a winner tomorrow. I'm going to go with. And again, if MJF is coming back, he's coming back to challenge punk, right? So. You would want to keep CM Punk babyface. So now I'm second guessing myself here because I'm sitting here going, I like my idea from last week of Punk cheating to beat John Moxley to complete the heel turn. But then would they be so bold as to bring MJF back as a babyface? Because I do think maybe MJF will get cheered. How about that concept? A heel CM Punk AEW world champion defending against a babyface MJF. That could be very, very interesting. So maybe I've just talked myself back into it. And yes, since we're running out of time, I'm going to call it. I think CM it's Punk huge. needs to beat John Moxley and completes the heel turn. You don't do Punk versus MJF three on two weeks build. Ah, uh, that's why. That's another reason. No, you you, you misinterpret what I'm saying. John Moxley will get a rematch in Chicago because Punk cheated. 
and then MJF shows back up at All Out and builds to the oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So I think Punk wins by cheating, completes the heel turn. Moxley gets pissed. He goes for he gets his rematch in Chicago, and then MJF interjects himself. Babyface MJF interjects himself in Chicago. I, I don't see how you have CM Punk as a heel going into Chicago. He's gonna get cheered in Chicago. That's like turning Stone Cold in Texas at WrestleMania 17. Oh shoot, that did happen. My bad. Um, but yeah, I, but, I don't think I don't thing. think they AEW should repeat repeat that mistake. Yeah, but here's the I thing. I think that I think that MJF should return in Chicago and he is going to get cheered and use that as the catalyst to turn CM Punk heel. That he got he that the guy attacking him after his big moment of becoming undisputed champion, the guy that they hated when he versed them the first time in Chicago gets cheered. Then we can have on on the Dynamite following well. all out the promo where CM Punk actually turns heel because he feels he feels rejected by his own people of Chicago. And he's been hearing the response from the fans over the last couple of weeks since he said what he said about John Moxley. And then it would that that feels more like a genuine reason to turn heel. I do like that as well. I will say this much. If you do send CM Punk into Chicago as a heel already, it doesn't necessarily burn you because AEW has always played into the their crowds of saying, cheer for whoever the hell you want. Britt Baker was a heel. She got cheered like a goddess in, in Pittsburgh. She was still acting like a heel. She just didn't shit on the crowd. Same with MJF when he went to Long Island, right? He was a baby facer tonight. CM Punk was a heel. So you can still send Punk in as a heel, who cares if he gets cheered in Chicago? Because, of course, he's going to get cheered in Chicago. We appreciate you guys uh, for tuning in today. We will be back 7 a.m. on Thursday morning to break down what should be a fantastic AEW Dynamite and anything else that happens to break over the next uh, 48 hours or so. We are expecting a report from Sean Rossap later today about the WWE draft. So we'll talk about that so much more and who knows what other reports are going to in this crazy year it is absolutely batshit insane check out my uh, interview with damian priest next week i'll have an interview with Shayna baszler that is going to drop ahead of clash at the castle who could be the future smackdown women's champion uh mcasp first off can you send me a phonetic a phonetic uh, spelling of how to pronounce your name because i i I don't know how to. Is it MCAST? I'm going to go with MCAST. I, I say, I say MCAST. MCAST. Uh, 7 a.m. is the regular podcast. It's not a live show. So that's that's what we'll drop at 7 a.m. our normal time. That's when it's available. You can watch it anytime on demand here on Believe in Pro Wrestling, or you can listen to it on demand wherever podcasts are available. Thank you guys so much for watching all 52 minutes of this 45 minute podcast. SP3 has work to go do. We're late. I got to run. You've been listening to Believe in Pro Wrestling brought to you. I bet online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.